Hey everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Journey Through Grill Island. I'm your host Sig, being joined by... Emma. Barry. Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about Rocktoberfest, which took place on the 19th of June 2004 in PWG's home, the Santa Ana Elks Lodge. The crowd was 190 people. Ooh. Show on show. Yeah, so the commentary was... You was stuck on. Usually commentary is a bonus or an option, but for the first two, three matches, it was, you had to listen to the commentary, which I found very interesting because it means they were really trying to push the commentary as this is what we're going to do. So it means Super Dragon actually approves of the commentary, which I found quite interesting. But at one point during the show, they started mentioning the fact that, go, we don't have to do this. We'd rather be asleep. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, okay then. Um, thanks for letting us know, guys, that you actually don't want to do this. Well, and definitely do actually want to do it. And that everyone hates it and sends, <laughs> yeah. sends them abuse. Yes, yes. They said they'd received criticism. So I think that was just their way of being like, well, we don't care. Just turn us off if you don't like it. <laughs> now they can't. Yeah, you can't do much. <laughs> there was also, again, I, I'm, this is on the high spots version. There was, I feel like on the second or third match, there was a really noticeable shift in the audio mixing like and it was at that point where they put up the graphic saying if you want to keep going press the button so obviously just some kind of hastily stuck together that's where it should have cut off but on the online version they kept it going they also at one point later on in the show the commentators mentioned dvd extras about behind the scenes and i couldn't tell if they were being facetious or that was a thing they actually did back in the day like the making of, so the Excalibur reference, like you can see us doing this commentary or something like that. I don't know if that was a real thing or just another weird Excalibur bit that I just didn't guess. Yeah, it was, it was actually Disco who was saying that. Okay. Because the way he expressed it, it seemed like it was a one-off thing mm. that they were doing a behind-the-scenes recording of the DVD, like how, all the process that goes into it. But yeah, I also didn't know if he was joking or not. It's impossible to tell. Yeah. So, but this seems to be, this is the show where they were getting serious about DVD sales because the graphics were improved. It was a lot more kind of polished and in that sense. Camera work was still absolutely terrible. Atrocious. But this, so they, it seemed to be, this is our business plan now. We're not getting the people in to the live shows. But DVD sales is going to be our thing now. And the biggest thing I took away from this, and the biggest shift that they still do now, was that they had the guys come out, do their entrances, yes. and then they were announced in the ring. Mm-hmm. So now every match started with John Ian announcing them. Speaking of John Ian, at the time of recording this past week, he sadly passed away. Um, obviously, he was a very big presence on these shows, and a big presence in... SoCal wrestling of the time and up to today um, and he sounds like he was um, a good guy and be very well missed by everyone yeah lots of very nice uh, tributes and stuff on Twitter from Rick Knox and people like that uh, talking about what a great guy he was so we will dive headfirst into our first match which is the newly formed faction sexual tension and aggression <laughs> Disco Machine Charles Mercury, Top Gun Talwar, and Chris Bosch against Human Tornado, Superbad, Lil Cholo, and Phoenix Star. So we have the return of Lil Cholo and the return of Excalibur's racist commentary. Yes. Uh, he says that Cholo was banned 
for stealing hubcaps. So this is his first match back after his ban. But also the last show Cholo was on that Bobby Quance was on, Bobby Quance's car was broken into and he had his stereo and his CDs stolen. So that may or may not have been a coincidence. I wonder what CDs they were. Like, I wonder what Bobby Quance is doing. I couldn't stop thinking about the CDs. <laughs> but also, how in that time, breaking into a car to get a stereo was such a huge thing, which just does yeah. not happen anymore. It was something I was terrified of as a child. <laughs> but yeah, why would you... To steal some of the CDs is just... Do you remember when you could take the radio with you then? Yeah. Yeah. You take the front of it. Yeah. 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 I would say a bit of air supply. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Yeah. wow. A deep pull, but also I think you may be right. Very good. Wow. Yeah. Any other guesses? Um, oh, I don't think I can top that. Um, the greatest hits of the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> the live Eagles. I think he'd be a oh, live okay. yeah. yeah. As he's driving down the motorway yeah. along with them. Absolutely. I just think he has one of those compilations like <laughs> rock out jams for his <laughs> Yeah. Eric Guitar 96. Yeah. Songs to sing in your car. Yeah. yeah. Oh. These are songs on this CD for when you're sitting in your car in traffic. <laughs> or those, those free CDs you get from the Sunday Times like on a Sunday. Oh God, I yes. love Easy like Sunday morning was on air. Yes, every single one. I collected them. <laughs> I still have some of them at home because there's a great Disney one that came. And more I, than words yeah. was always on that. As yeah. Well. Do you think they got royalties for that? Yeah, they have to. They must have. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify of its time. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason the show is called Rocktoberfest apparently is because June is the rockingest month of the year. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll buy it. Festival season maybe. I also thought uh, Chris Bosch has slimmed down a bit. Mm. I thought he looked pretty good. Well, the, the commentary didn't. Yeah, they didn't think they thought he looked like shit. This opener was a ton of fun, though. I thought so much um, fun. It had that everyone the lock up with everyone, which yeah. is a spot that I know is maybe overused now, but I still love it because I think it's comedy genius. Trying to take us through it. No. Oh, there was someone. <laughs> So it was like an eight-man Greco-Roman knuckle-lock going all around in a circle. So they're all doing that. And then it turned into like eight-man Greco-Roman knuckle-lock jumping jack. Yeah. There was an Alex Shelley reference on commentary. Yeah, the first one they said, the first mention. Then they started laughing. I, I didn't understand why they were laughing. Maybe he asked to get booked and they said no. That would be outrageous. Soon, soon he'll be on their shows. Then the, there was like a psychic battle between Bosch and Talwar and then they go on to say that Chris Bosch is possibly the whitest man in professional wrestling I'd have to agree they also then go on to talk about Superbad Disco saying he's eaten a lot of beans in his lifetime because he reveals that he's he's you know 70% Mexican yeah and then talks about Superbad's brownness is enhanced by all the beans Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, was Superman uh, wrestling without a shirt. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I, I like that fire just taking that off and just getting in there. That shirt. I hate that shirt. He also looked so tall. Yeah. Like he was taller by miles than everyone else. And, and I, even with Tornado in the match. Yeah. Because you think he's tall. Yeah. Well, I, he is, but. I was about to say, like, I, I see Tornado as like, I don't know why I always say it's like 6'2, 6'3. But now I'm like, oh, he actually looked quite small. I think it's his skinniness. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, him and Superbad just long, <laughs> stringy individuals. This match was like intentionally hilarious in spots, and then there was also plenty of like unintentional comedy. I liked the comedy. After they stopped doing like the knuckle lock spot, they started doing arm drags, and the commentator said arm drags to complete silence because no, everyone laughed at the comedy, then they started wrestling, and everyone sat in their hands, which I enjoyed. And there was a hilarious spot that cracked up the commentators where uh, Charles Mercury like he genuinely looked like he got distracted like he was looking out into the crowd <laughs> like same direction as the hard time was facing and you could see there was nothing there and so Phoenix Star just slapped him in the face and Excalibur howled with laughter he obviously got lost and it was just so so great it was really really entertaining opener the crowd looked dead but you could they, they were very loud mm. but I think the part of the crowd that the hard cam was on they were all just sitting on their hands. They really didn't look that enthused. I liked at one point when the camera moved and you could see like, I want to call it an altar. You could see yeah. like the altar and then like on the little pew, the bananas, the man with his bananas was just sitting there watching the match intently. Yeah. Nice, nice, uh, good proper showing of human tornado in this match. I think he got to run wild, did a big dive and everything. Yeah, he did a crazy somersault to the outside where he nearly overshot on all of them He's... and all seven of them were out there. Mm. And yeah, then he did his thing later where he was up on the top and he was doing the go back a bit, no, come a little bit closer to the, to the heels on the floor, which was nice. Also, at one point he was getting worked over and another moment that cracked up the commentators. Whoever was the legal heel slid out of the ring and then the commentators cracked up because no one else got in. So Tornado was just sitting in the <laughs> ring selling while no one was working him over and he didn't go for the tag, which was great. I thought Shola looked terrible. He was very slow, he was very stiff, but not like in a good stiff way, and like his movement just wasn't fluid and not good. So sexual tension and aggression win this one after all four of them hit their finishes on Phoenix Star and pin him. Our next match then features Apollo Khan against Tommy Williams. <laughs> hmm. A very familiar looking chap. <laughs> yeah. Why does he have um, Funky Biddy Kim's gear? Yes! <laughs> and face. <laughs> I'm very concerned about the whereabouts of Funky Biddy Kim and what's happened to him. Um, please reach out if you know any details of where he went. Is this a face-off situation here, perhaps? Yeah, I guess Face so. and gear off? <laughs> this was really weird. That yeah. Funky Biddy Kim is now Tommy Williams and is now a shooter. <laughs> like, not even change the name he's changed his wrestling style but he's still in his ex-foundation gear yeah. which is just awful yeah. yeah but they also say he looks like Fedoro Tanaka and commentary and I'm like sorry what and compared him to Ricky Chosen <laughs> <laughs> I want a big tangent oh my god so this match is billed as PWI versus NJPW so Tommy Williams is now a New Japan young lion sort of I think this was around the time of the new guy or the young line cup that they were doing the dojo which he was in but I think he only lasted like two rounds and he was injured and that's kind of the last Tommy Williams heard of him do you think he showed up at the dojo and they're like man funky baby that's not gonna slide man but then Tommy Williams. Yeah, it's shite. It's he does not terrible. look like a Tommy Williams. No. Uh, oh. Yeah, exactly. When I read the graphic, I had pictured in my head what I, I could just picture someone who almost looked like the fourth Tomaselli for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And then it came up and it's like, 
Funky bitty kid, what are you doing here? Yeah, I was Get like, the hell out of here. <laughs> I was waiting for the commentary to go, Tommy Williams couldn't be here. <laughs> so we pulled Funky Billy yeah, Kim out yeah. of the... Oh, they made no efforts to even try and call him his new name, which is even funnier again. Um, I, t- I thought... Um, Scalmer and Disco Machine were on commentary really giving him a good kind of they were taking him a bit seriously mm. trying to put him over but they must really like him as we yeah. like we mentioned before when they like someone they'll give it a good go yeah um, but then they went on their Ricky Choshu spiel <laughs> and then yeah. called Ricky Choshu ugly and they're like how did you become a big star they must really like him because he's really ugly and then they started calling Ricardo Knox ugly and how he gets women because of his 12 inch personality <laughs> yeah they had a bit of a debate about whether he was whether or not he's attractive Rick Knox Ricardo Valentine Ricardo Valentine and that was the Casanova this is the debut of because that sticks for years. a number of years, years. they called him Ricardo Casanova yeah. and I had never heard the origins before so so there we go Spe- very special match in yeah. BBG history yeah the Choshu thing was how could he be so popular when he is the ugliest <laughs> Korean who's ever lived this match was like I didn't even really pay attention like Apollo Khan was in this don't, didn't pay any attention no. to him and then they started talking about how people come up to them saying oh yeah do you remember you said this and Excalibur not remembering and laughing and finding out that he's like the funniest man alive <laughs> um, Barry does that with these podcasts <laughs> <laughs> okay. once the microphone's off that's it I'll bring <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that broke. It's me. never <laughs> for you. It's you said that. Uh, Where did you tell me that? <laughs> there was one point where Apollo Khan has very good backdrop driver. Nice. You love. Yeah. Is yeah. he still your favorite wrestler? No, but he <laughs> is one of my favorite backdrop driver okay. hitters after Takeshi Morishima. <laughs> Put my Is own. that your list? <laughs> yeah. No, no. no. I'll keep, I'll keep going. Yeah. Apollo Cat. Um, um, I know you put me on the spot now. Well, you put yourself you put there. Yourself you, there. You, you started with your list. I thought you'd have just accepted it there. Um, a nice length of a match. I will yeah. say. I, li- I love these under 10 minutes. Let's get this shit done. Weird finish though. Like Apollo just sort of taps him out with a reverse chin lock. Mm. Very yeah. I suppose it, it, was, it was a shoot match. I guess so, yeah. Um, so I guess the the new funky Billy Williams isn't um, <laughs> not not much of a upward momentum for the for the new character or whatever. Yeah, that is a real WWE thing to do. Isn't yeah. it? Give a guy a whole new gimmick, beat him, and then beat him straight away. Yeah. To the guy on the lowest rung of the roster yeah. as well, who's never around that often. Like he does, he's done the odd show so far. Well, do you know what? You probably showed up in his explanation here, and I'm like, for fuck's yeah. sake! <laughs> where's where's the gee that we got you? That show should wouldn't be seen dead in that. Come on, <laughs> even that ugly fuck wouldn't wear that. So the next match is a tag team match: the newly reformed Scorpio Sky and Quicksilver. Against the Tomaselli brothers, Sal and Vito? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The Iron Saints. The Iron Saints. <laughs> so both teams are accompanied by managers. The Tomasellis are accompanied by Sir Samurai. Who they say was that Tango and Cash? I feel like I've never, that's proving Emma's point here. I feel like I've never seen this person before <laughs> I, in my life. I also don't remember that at all. No, Do you? No. No. Maybe he was there, but not 
at ringside. We did have a lot to watch at Time Go and Catch, so maybe mm, yeah. we just... And to be fair, if we're paying that much attention to Thomas Ellie's like, I don't think... Yeah. Means. But Ariel Express are joined by the one and only Dino Winwood, who came in and got a Dino chant, which is very nice, and treated us to a dance, <laughs> which was a dance. <laughs> it was a dance. It was. Um, yeah, he's making his in-ring and out-of-ring debut. Another one of those moments where you can tell the commentary is bonus and it's for funning around, because if you watch this expecting them to explain who this person is, <laughs> forget it. Forget about it, because he's just he, a guy who gets in the ring. He doesn't have a wacky outfit. He's not El Jefe. He's not a super carry. He's, they just say, hey, it's Dino. You know, they just say it's Dino and that's it. Yeah. Um, so again... At this time, it's just so totally. This is for the SoCal people who know who this guy is already. Yeah, but um, he was he was impressive. He did some uh, Matrix moves when he got in the ring as well. So, yes, yeah, uh, so Sir Samurai and Dino had a face off in the ring pretty early on in the match, and Dino got the better of him. So on commentary, um, Excalibur and Disco talk about playing retards <laughs> and how playing retards is the best way to get awards in Hollywood. Oh, playing them in a film. Playing them in a film I is the best way. game that I... I also thought, yeah. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> playing, playing them uh, in films is a way to get awards. And I thought that was insightful. And it was before Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. So they were ahead of the curve there. It's a very, a very crudely expressed, but also a very widely held belief that yeah. if you do that, you will get it. It's like Oscar bait. But now the only way to get Oscars is biopics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Biopics. Which... Biopics? Is essentially just doing an impression of someone. Yeah, <laughs> a really long impression. Yeah. Do you know Winwood should <laughs> do, do, a, a do, low key. do a low key movie? Oh, <laughs> we'd all watch that. We would all watch that. Me. Oh my god, that would be amazing. It, it could be like, you know, uh, Jobs, German that movie yeah. where yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. three pivotal moments. Mm. So it'd be like three times low key cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> like the moments before. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Invite us to the to the um, opening. Yeah, yeah. Please. I'll write the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the <laughs> generations man, of Loki. Like the first, the first one could be him getting ejected from CCW. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the oh. I don't know what the middle one would be, but then the, the most recent one they would have to be him bailing on the blood sports. Yeah. Um, oh. Who's playing Lake Oh. Oh, oh, oh you need the Lake Oh. <sighs> Maybe this is just because I, I just saw a little bit, but Laura Dern is Michelle McCool. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> Laura Dern! You're going to play, have Laura Dern play a, a late 20s. Tiny little waif woman as well. Laura Dern's tall. Diva. Hey, Michelle McCool is tall. She was like, Michelle McCool tall. Also, it's not it's it's the most accurate thing ever, it's a film. You're gonna have a. Sorry, we have Dino playing Loki. Okay, well, maybe it's animated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and. and No. You definitely couldn't animate Loki because I think it would come across as racist. Oh gosh, okay. Mm. Um, okay. Anyway, Halle Berry is Layla. Who would play Joey Janela in the crowd? Stop casting 50 or 60 year olds as fucking. She does not look 50. She is, but she does not look 50. Um, anyway. Yeah, but Layla doesn't look fucking 40. Yeah, they both look young, so she can play. Oh my anyway. god. Just have Layla play herself. If you're casting people older than. Uh, no. How do you wow. know? I've, see, I've seen her run. Okay, so you have. 
Can't run okay. from you. Ah! Anyway, Loki isn't even in this match or in this show. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, dear me. I think they do a, uh, a mainstay comedy indie wrestling spot where two guys are in a headlock and then a third man enters the ring and joins the headlock and then a fourth man puts another guy in the headlock and it's a little train and uh, at one point then uh, John Ian gets in slaps on a headlock <laughs> referee Patrick Hernandez gets involved <laughs> the two managers get involved and I think this is one of the longest headlock trains I've ever seen in indie wrestling uh, and it got a great reaction much like the first match where the most over thing was the, uh, the jumping jacks <laughs> I don't think anything was as over as the, uh, the headlock train in this match I think at this point it's where I have to take back a comment I made on an earlier show where I said that the Thomas Eddies were like the people I hated most and never wanted to see again. <laughs> I take it back now because this is very fun. It was. And they were actually very good in this match. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. But now they're leaving California. Yeah. So, oh, sorry guys. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a fun match. And again, it was under 10 minutes, which was perfect. Great pacing on the show for sure. Yeah. So Aerial Express win this one with a dropkick pile driver combination. And after the match, Scorpio Sky calls out sexual tension and aggression and accepts their challenge. Which I don't remember the mission. I don't nope. recall. Yeah. I also didn't know what Scorpio Sky was saying on the mic. No, the I, think, I think the commentary the was terrible. I think the commentary said yeah. that's the only reason I knew. At one point you said boote patute and got a hoo hoo hoo. Our next match is the radioless Bobby Quance <laughs> against Puma. I had a bit of a mental breakdown during this match because what? so Puma in his gear really reminded me of someone and I couldn't work it out. So he had like a yellow mask and he had what looked like was a white moustache and I knew he was going to be a cartoon character but I don't know cartoon characters so I basically just started writing down who does he look like? Is he a walrus? Or is he Pokemon? Do Pokemons have moustaches? So then I had to ask Twitter, please, can you tell me this cartoon character I'm describing? He might be a walrus. (laughs) He has a moustache. He might be rich. Anyway, it's the Lorax. (laughs) Okay. That's why you post that. That's why. I couldn't. So I couldn't concentrate on the match because the entire time (laughs) I was like, is he the walrus from Alice in Wonderland? Is he just a Pokemon that I don't know? Do you think he was doing that intentionally? No. Oh, I, is this you? This was just me. <laughs> no, having, I don't think it was a Lorax-themed mask. He's nerdy, but I don't know if he's that nerdy. I don't, sorry, I would consider Lorax to be orange, no? I don't know what the Lorax is. <laughs> I, but he was the guy I, I was would, thinking. I would consider him orange. I thought you were just going to say he looked like Lince Dorado. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was thought you were going to say Tiger Mask or no. something like that. The Lorax. The Lorax. I don't think Puma should be a heel. Um, I don't think his style at the time lends to it. He's meant to... Uh, I just uh, I don't know. I didn't get really get into this match at all, to be honest. And Bobby Collins had a sugar crash, so... He just was dead for half of it. Yeah, he'd gotten through that truck full of cookies that Rocky Romero had delivered him. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, you know, there was nothing offensive about the match, but it wasn't anything special either. And again, it was all right and short. Again, that was the main thing. Didn't have to stay welcome. There was one botch where Quance rolled Puma up in a schoolboy, and they definitely counted three, mm. and they just kept going as if they didn't. Um, and then he hit a really cool sort of like, Olympic slam suplex yeah I've never really seen anything like that 
he had him up for like this Olympic slam position, but instead of rotating, he went backwards. Backwards, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Quantas, uh, Quantas, he had lots of like little cool moves, if I can better term in this match. He's um, yeah, he's, he's fun to watch, but um, no heat at all for this as well. I mean, obviously there's no. a lot of people there, but they were they were asleep for this one. Which like, goes with your point, Sarah, and what Emma said two episodes ago that the crowd were starting to get behind Puma, and now they've turned him heel. Crowd are dead. Mm. So that you're right. That was definitely a mistake. I don't remember saying that. Well, I definitely do. <laughs> I just feel like they use the term grudge match very loosely in this promotion. Grudge match. Come on. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the game special. Just throwing titles on matches. You know. Dream match. Dream match. Special challenge. Attraction. Grudge match. And even further killing Puma's heat, he loses as Quance pins him with a lovely shooting star press. I thought it was shit that Puma lost. Yeah. Like he's, he's worked his way up the card, he's been on every fucking show, and that, I, yeah, I thought that was shit. But like they talk about how we went over to America, not to America. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's from the Philippines. <laughs> The success story. He went over to Japan and everything, and I think at the time he was the youngest person to wrestle for New Japan and everything. So he was obviously highly regarded by a lot of people, and like there's a reason why he's very talented. So they're not using him right. And I still think the whole unmasking thing was so. I don't know if that was just unintentional during that match, and mm. the wrestlers just kind of did it for themselves, but. To just have him then go back and be Puma, it's just very, very weird vibe for him. Like with all the changes, he's changed his name three times. The mm-hmm. babyface heel, babyface. Like it's very hard to gain momentum, and now losing as well on top of that. I'm doing Dr. Seuss cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there was a heat killer, it's that. So our next match was a very interesting one. The returning CM Punk against a man I never knew was in PWG, Steve Carino. Oh, I don't like Steve Carino. I think everyone would, or he'd rather, you forgot he was in PWG. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be Spanky. They do say it on commentary, but it is actually true. They rang Steve Carino the day, bef- like two nights before, and they said, can you get to California tomorrow? And he did. He flew to California from Florida to wrestle Punk. See, just during this match, I didn't really like the match, just thought it made no. that clear. No, no, it was bad. Shite, and it's Karina trying to be, look at me, Mr. Wrestling. Um, but I just think of the story when they were in England, and Alex Shane played a prank on them by bringing them to, like, what I would assume was like a drag night. But Steve Carino absolutely loved it at first, and then they got he got really scared because there's these big birdie men dressed as women around them. And how like when they didn't know what bathroom to go into, and Alex Shane was yupping it up, thinking it was the funniest thing, and apparently that's what Alex Shane does to loads of imports. So that's just what was replaying in my head during <laughs> yeah. this match because I got very bored quite quick. I feel like Punk in PWG has so far has been the most disappointing thing. Like it really is the worst of Punk. I'm gonna show off what a technical wizard I am when he's really not, and it's just. Excalibur made about five references to the phrase methodical in this match and I can think he was being sarcastic by the end um, you can kind of tell his, his you can tell when he's smiling when he says something and I just thought this was just a grind 
Yeah, you could see what they were going for. A prestige technical wrestling match that neither of them are that proficient at. I came up with this comparison in my head as I was watching it. Because I actually do like Steve Carino, but only in a certain type of matches. Mm. He's sort of like an indie wrestling edge. Where his plunder matches are incredible, but his plane matches are just his like straight single matches yeah. are just nothing to write home about. And he's a great storyline. Because wrestling. yeah, he can sink his teeth into a proper story. I said, cause my the only period of his I really really enjoy is like late era ROH, like before he left for WWE, basically with Steen and, and Jacobs and all of the stuff where he was the old guy who was having a couple of more fights before he gave up. You know, but this uh, you know this yeah. isn't that. And like all his homicide stuff is great. But yeah, this just, you could tell he was, you know, the old school ECW veteran coming in, going to show these kids how to work. And you know Punk eats that sort of shit up. <laughs> He's the young gun who can go toe to toe with him and neither of them are that good at it. Yeah. So it was like the first three minutes are the two of them sitting in leg locks. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to, like, I love technical wrestling, but like, not when it's bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's not good. Sorry, I mean yeah. try to yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought Karina looked awful. Yeah. He looks like CM Punk if CM Punk drank. He looked. <laughs> it was like CM Punk was looking at his future and like this is what I will look like in twenty years if I drink. And that's a really horrible thing to say. But don't worry, Excalibur said the same thing. Yeah, he said the exact same. Yeah, yeah. Really? I think you were nicer actually. Yeah. He, he, he just said older, fatter, punk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he didn't give him drink as a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a little story from Excalibur given to him from Spanky that Steve Carino has a very smelly wallet um, he's notorious for having a smelly wallet so Spanky calls him Stinky Wallet Carino <laughs> and the punk is also a very smelly man who farts quite often yeah. and the phrase if punk farts one more time I'm going to kick his ass was uttered so two smelly men in the ring <laughs> The crowd didn't like this at all. No. Why they were would bored. They? Why would they? And they were just chatting amongst themselves. It goes against completely everything they've seen. Yeah. In PWG, bar that Joe Punk match, which was actually okay, yeah. but it was very much in the same vein as that. And Joe is a star, and yeah. Steve yeah. Greeno isn't to these people, so they weren't with it at all. I just don't understand. I'm trying to get into my head. Why would you bring Punk in at that time and not give him a microphone at some point or have him do something? I don't know. Like because I think Super Dragon hated him. And last time they did it, he called out the wrong champ. (laughs) (laughs) So even he wasn't paying attention to them. Oh, man. Also, Punk does a low-key impression. impression. So there is obviously something going on. Yeah, has something happened with Loki? Was the CZW incident around now? Loki wanted to work PWG, but Super Dragon wanted to hire him. Has always been a a rumour or a story. So I don't know if this it had kicked off because all of their low-key impressions and stuff seemed to it was done for the boys wasn't done for us wasn't done for the crowd it was done to pop the boys yeah. in each instance I went on to the loyal journals to see if there was anything and I don't know what was happening at the time there were some internet rumours about something that Punk and Joe both alluded to on their live journals but nothing was actually said about this weekend so Punk wins this one reversing an STO into a backslide to get the flash pin on Steve Crano because you got to protect him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 20 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. the longest in the show. Outrageous. 
Next up, we have the first ever second defense of the tag team titles as SBS, Excalibur and Super Dragon take on Scott Lost and Joey Ryan, the X Foundation. I know on this show we've talked a lot about how much we like Super Dragon and the X Foundation, but without sounding like a broken record, they were so great in this match and I just thought this was like one of my favourite matches so far on the show that we've covered. I adored this match. I liked Scott in his little Superman shirt. Another Superman reference by an American wrestler. <laughs> he loves like he had the Smallville thing. He loves I know, it. but I know, but like every there, oh, so much Superman. But that's why he's the most surprising that he doesn't have the tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would. Yeah. The match started off hot with uh, X Foundation hitting topes onto SBS as they were making their entrance. They've spent thousands on therapy to be able to coincide in this match. Well, I don't know. Like Joey was calling Scott like sexy at backstage after the last <laughs> show, and they were, oh, yeah. they were getting real kind of close. And, and um, Scott was in a wheelchair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's recovered. He's recovered. <laughs> yeah, it was a very hot start. Then the cycle driver and cover to Joey. But Joey wasn't the legal man. I really liked that. Very, yeah. very I really liked that. And then on a, on commentary, Disco goes to Excalibur, why didn't you cover him then? And he's like, no, but Joey wasn't the legal man either. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, yeah, I thought that was yeah. really clever. Yeah. Just tons of like clever little things. Like This was very much a match that felt like they sat down beforehand and just came up with cool ideas for spots, which in some ways is kind of overdone these days, but I can see how this would have wowed people at the time. Like... Um, uh, like Dragon stopped like Scott lost Superman spear by like stomping him mid air basically, which was just like super like a cool idea, but also really well pulled off. Like Dragon can actually pull off those clever spots really well for someone you don't think of as this unreal athlete, this you know like Osprey style guy who can contort himself. He's he's never off on his timing on stuff like that, and it was just tons of little things like that. So after the cycle driver, Joey Ryan rolls to the outside. And that's essentially the story of the match. Excalibur and Dragon work over Scott Lost in the ring, but whenever one of them tags out, the first thing they do is they go and they hit Joey Ryan with something on the outside so they couldn't come back in. It was really, really good, and Scott Lost was really good selling. And this is where it became obvious to me that the cameraman on the ring was absolutely terrible. There was a young guy, camera, he was always in Scott Lost and Joey Ryan's corner. Even when they wanted to be in the corner, he wouldn't move. He actually had to be pushed at one stage. And at one stage, Scott Lost tried to tag him in. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was a spot. I really don't think it was. He went to tag and he went to hit the cameraman's hand. And Excalibur and Disco on commentary absolutely lost it. They thought that was hilarious. It was hilarious, but I think it was unintentional. And there was this guy in his little flip-flops just... With a shaky cam. <laughs> because there was a moment something happened on the outside and no one on the cam no one on camera got it. There it was, was a shirt. shirt. Oh it was the yeah. shirt. Scott rips off his Superman shirt. Yeah. And throws it. Oh no, it wasn't Scott, was it super bad? No, yeah. it was Scott. because I have yeah. written here, he threw it off and it got caught in a light. Yeah. And everyone was not paying attention to what's going on in the ring. They were <laughs> laughing at the shirt getting caught in the light. Yeah. Everyone was looking at it, laughing like yeah. pointing and the camera was on just a corner of the ring match that no one was in. At one point before he makes the tag to Joey Ryan at last, 
Excalibur charges at Scott Lost and he hits an unbelievable super kick. He started like falling backwards and Excalibur just crumples. It was a really cool spot. And he finally makes the tag. Joey Ryan comes in a house of fire and hits a reverse suplex, which is a move that isn't done enough. What's a reverse suplex? Where you know usually your head's facing this way, yeah. you're facing the other way. Oh so you're okay, going yes. backwards. Yes. Did anyone notice when Scott Lost is putting Super Dragon in a sharpshooter? Did anyone notice anything about the crowd in that segment? No, okay. So Scott Lost is putting Super Dragon in a sharpshooter, and there's these two little old ladies, oh, little old ladies yeah. walking back to their seat, and, and one of them's kind of like a pie, and her friend grabs her by the hand, They're and they just dot her back to their seats. It was very lovely. What, uh, what like they were doing at this show, I mean, just classic pro wrestling grannies. I it thought it was, a, it was like a scene from Golden Girls. Yeah. And they could have easily just gone to the wrestling. That would have been a whole Golden Girls show. It was. They were in their little two pieces, like, they're like. Oh, watching Super Dragon. <laughs> That's so cute. Well, it's very cute. <laughs> I don't have very much actual wrestling commentary written down. I have just Excalibur farted written. He did did join the commentary. (laughs) He put himself over a lot in this match because Disco points out, do you ever notice when you're talking about your moves, it's always expertly applied? (laughs) 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 And then so Excalibur leaned into that bit for the rest of the match. Anything he did was a work of genius but he also said this is my only chance to have someone put me over on commentary no one else is going to do it I liked that uh, SBS sort of stole X Foundation's finish where Excalibur got Joey Ryan uh, across his knee not to spank him and Super Dragon hit a double stomp off the top instead of the elbow on his face yeah really killed him so uh, as you headed towards the finish, you had uh, X Foundation bumping heads at one point, uh, and then a few moments later, Joey Ryan was going for the tag, and Scott Lost did the classic jump off the apron, walk backwards towards the exit, shaking your head at your tag team partner, just uh, as classic a wrestling trope as there is, and he left Joey Ryan hanging in the ring. Thousands wasted on therapy, <laughs> paid for by PWG apparently. <laughs> I don't know why they would do that. So Excalibur has Joey on his knee for Dragon to hit the Phoenix Splash on Ryan, but he rolls Excalibur through and pins him. So X Foundation are the tag champs. Yeah. Wild. Could not believe that. Falling out. I loved it though, because yeah, I didn't expect great. it. Yeah. Uh, like I, I like a surprise, but I was like, you're doing this whole breakup thing. You, you've already had one successful defense in your company's history, and now you're putting, you're swapping the titles onto a team that's breaking up. Give them like, a chance. You don't know what's next. I can't believe that. Like I was yeah. really into that because I've never seen that done. Like I've, I've seen them do the feuding partners, partners, yeah. but I've never yeah. seen a tag team split and win in the same match. Yeah. And now you have Joey Ryan single-handedly winning the tag team titles. I didn't like that either because he beat like SBS who were supposed to like, he oh, was, it was, it was, Yeah, it was flash pin. I don't like those. <laughs> I think I, I, no, I, you're wrong, Barry. You're absolutely <laughs> definitely wrong. I think it's, I think the way they did that then, Scott leaving, but then coming back, taking the, like laying him out, taking the belt. And then Scott just kind of like kissing the belt, like, look at me, I'm a champion, walking back. I think it's going to be really good. And it gives them a chance to do something a bit different. And it keeps Joey busy as well. Because obviously he wants to go for the heavyweight title, Mm. but there's too many cooks involved in that situation. It's just to explain what happens after the match. Scott comes back and Joey offers him the belt as, I guess, an olive branch. And Scott takes it and then lays out Joey Ryan. Proper lays him out yeah. as well. 
It looks really good. But it also looks like Joey really took the therapy seriously. Yeah. And I mean, that's a real therapy move. <laughs> Do you think they'll go back to therapy? <laughs> um, well, I think they only went to therapy for Funky Billy Kim. Now that Funky Billy Kim has is Tommy Williams... He's flown the nest. Will, will they... Why, why should they stick together for Tommy? But do you think that's why Scott's so put off? Because mm. he's like, my son. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking someone else's name. Yeah. Is Scott in the dojo? Is this what this is I really about? So. He's the only one that hasn't been in the dojo. Maybe. Dojo, oh. dojo. I don't know. Let actually. me go back and look at all the pictures I have on yeah. my old computer. Because <laughs> like every fucker, fire. Scott Lost and Adam Pierce have well, gone through. They all lived yeah. there. Um, I did in this match. I thought Scott Lost and Super Dragon had very good chemistry. Really good chemistry. I would love a singles with them. Mm. Yeah, Scott Lost actually hasn't had any singles matches yet, has he? I don't think, I think so. so. He no. has in the Badass Mother um, and lost in the first round. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, he gets a few more now. I assume this is a build building to a match between the two of them or something. Hopefully, anyway. I'd like to see that. Before yeah. Joey Ryan gets shit. Oh good. Our next match is another prestige wrestling match. B Boy against Samoa Joe. This is where they start talking about the commentary as the bonus. And Excalibur said if he wasn't watching, he'd be watching the world's strongest woman contest on ESPN instead. And he was being deadly serious. Yeah. That was not a bit. He was like naming the competitors <laughs> and like talking about. Actually, no, they were they were watching it. Oh, yeah, they were oh, doing pictures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Disco goes and now she's lifting the car. I think it's a Honda Civic, and it's kind of going to know it's a Mini Metro or something like that. And they start counting down how long she's been holding <laughs> the car up. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I enjoy obscure sports like that so yeah. so much. So I appreciate that. I did enjoy the match quite a bit though. They bait the shit out of each other, basically. Joe was on form. This was this was Samoa Joe for real. This was him at his peak. Uh, just early on, like cross face strikes. He's headbutting B Boy in the corner, like with his hands on the ropes. Ah, oh, just great stuff. Uh, the open hand palm strikes and B Boy was giving it back like like almost like a show tail, like a upward palm strike at one point. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Excalibur also reveals that B Boy sells mixtapes of his music. But it's not what you'd think. <laughs> yeah. B-Boy sells mixtapes of his classical music. <laughs> Just a boy and his piano. I also enjoyed the match, yes. It was at this point I wanted to look up to see how Dragon did in the Best of Super Juniors that year. Because obviously that's why he's not there. And he made the semi-finals. Because Shushan Liger had to pull out because of a neck injury. So um, our our boy Dragon then got beaten. Who did it get beaten by? I have it here. Hold on. Your boy Dragon. My boy Dragon's pretty Your Dragon's a man. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know how Curryman got on? Curryman came dead last in his group with one point. <laughs> so yeah, Dragon finished his group with nine points. Three of them were on nine points. And yeah, he got beaten by Koji Kanemoto in the semi-finals. Mm. I'm sure it was a barn burner. No shame in that. And Tiger Mask won the tournament, so. Oh, that's this Tiger Mask as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's shit. <laughs> no, he's old now. He's. He was always shit. Hey, he's Liger's friend. 
So Joe won this match with a lariat of sorts. It was really just a clothesline. Would have been better if it was under 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah, this was, yeah, for sure. Um, one criticism, actually, that Ooh. Disco, and not for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> one criticism that Disco and Scalaver said that they received was that their commentary was just play-by-play. That is the last <laughs> thing I would ever have called this commentary. <laughs> oh, it's funny, many, many, many years later, uh, it would become a running joke from Kevin Steen on commentary that Dragon used to give out to him for doing just that because sometimes if he was getting into a match Steen would just start listing all the shit that was happening and Dragon apparently hated it uh, but yeah this era complete opposite yeah. but it shows that people are listening to it for their shock jock humour yeah. and their yeah how weird. are people giving up this feedback is it on the PWG forum, yeah. forum I think or, or the SoCal Uncensored forum so on to our main event a four way match for the Pro Wrestling Gorilla World Championship. <laughs> the champion, Adam Pearce. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Of course, yeah. Defending yeah. against the former champion, the future Frankie Kazarian. Makes of sense. course, yeah. number yeah. one contender. Yeah. And the other number one contender, Baby Slim. He holds pinfall victory over Adam Pearce. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Who could the fourth <laughs> man be? <laughs> Who do you think it could be? Christopher Daniels, perhaps? AJ Styles? Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. CM <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Punk, even. CM Punk, he was there, Spanky pulled out. But if all those men are busy, <laughs> you have to call in your ringer. Jardy France. <laughs> and on commentary it seems that they build this match with a surprise entrance <laughs> hey the crowd loved it what was up with that so originally Hardcore Kid oh in the fourth he was called up for WWE Jesus. I was wondering where he was so, actually I think right RIP Hardcore Kid he's off with the fed so I think after that change then it became a mystery opponent you have to imagine they had another mystery opponent. And he pulled out too. And he pulled out too. Yeah. But you could have reshuffled. Absolutely. Put Steve Carino in his... Even. But then, looking at the match and how it happened, no, I wouldn't put anyone else through that. And look, yeah, as you said, the people loved it. The people loved it. Just before we get into the match, I just I looked up Jeremy France on the internet, right? <laughs> And I found out that he actually worked uh, a Dragon Gate tour. That makes sense. Um, Shima loves those weird guys like that. <laughs> but listen to this on purosystem.fandom.com. The boys. Um, so he was wrestling against Mr. Primetime and Turbo Man with King Shisha. It was during this match that France sustained an injury that would keep him from competing throughout the remainder of this tour. Sad face, very sad for Jardy. Hmm. His appearance has been considered a bust in large part to the fans not taking to him at all, even going so far as to insult him prior to his injury. Oh. <laughs> so this was two years later yeah, than so, right yeah. now. Jarji okay. had a tough time in Japan, friends. Oh. He took his shirt off. Yeah. He didn't wear his oversized, <laughs> really big t-shirt. He looked like a weird proto-Jack Evans. Yeah, he had yes. new gear. Yes, he did. 
they did as as they were doing the ring introductions. You know, Pierce got his booze. Frankie got his sort of you know polite cheers. <laughs> Baby Slim got some booze for some reason. A little bit mixed, you know. And then yeah, Jardy friends with beloved. And for the other three, people were chanting for Jardy. Yeah. Quite the thing. No offense to Mr. Slim, but I'd say people are a bit sick of him being in the world title scene, <laughs> especially because he's a bit shit. Yeah, I like I'd him. say they're sick of this whole trio being in the yeah, title. I, I, I am sick of Adam Pierce and Frankie yeah. Kazarian being in the same ring. But at least Kazarian, his star is rising elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. like he's TNA X Division champion, so he seems like a bit of a star. And Pierce is champ. What can you do? So they're just taking out on Slim. Yeah, because he's just. Terrible division, like yeah. it really is. The world title, and it's their weakest. Yeah, absolutely. Did his hair look darker to anyone? Maybe Slim. No. <laughs> Frankie. No. He had like a bad dye job. It was quite dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't great. No, yeah. he he didn't look cool at all. Actually, speaking of not looking cool, uh, Adam Pierce with the Lawlers. The, oh my the, god! The, what oh, his gear? Explain the Lawlers. Horrendous. So he had his. What I would say is typical Adam Pierce here. He had a, a singlet on and his boots, but he had bright, brilliant white old school uh, tights underneath him. I did, actually, rather than Lawler, the first thing I thought of was Andy Kaufman because uh, that was his his look. But yeah, just under his regular gear, so he had his blue and black kind of boring fucking pro wrestler attire, and then just these brilliant white things underneath his knee pads and his boots. And just looked at Troy. I mean, like, I, was it supposed to be funny or something? Or I don't know. But well, because remember when Charlie Sterling did it on OTT? And yes. that was funny. That was hilarious because he was doing a, a comical pro. Yeah, yeah, callback. But this looks like because we know Adam Pearce is an absolute weirdo for the like size. Yeah. And all that the old school wrestling stuff. This was him. This was genuinely like a tribute. And I think he was, I'd say he was really excited to wear it. Absolutely. 100%. He probably sees himself as the (laughs) Jerry Lawler of the SoCal scene. Another thing to mention is that there is a ringside enforcer in this match, uh, Mr. Edward C. Vanderpile. For reasons unexplained, Paul T. is not seen at any point on this show, so he's just there. The match... Sort of gets underway, uh, not much happens, but then Pierce throws powder in everyone's eyes, as in himself as well. Gets in all four men's eyes. None of them can see. Uh, they're feeling around, and because Pierce is bald, and <laughs> Ricardo Casanova also happens to be bald, when Baby Slim feels around, he feels a bald head. <laughs> And hits the Birdman on Knox. Kaz also feels around. Uses the same reasoning. Yeah. That this bald man must be Adam Pierce. So he hits the wave of the future. Adam Pierce is feeling around. I don't know who he thinks Ricardo Knox is. Maybe he felt his felt physique and thought it was Jardy France. But he hits him with a pile driver. Jerry France, however, is up on the top rope and hits a 450. Really good 450. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On to Ricardo Casanova uh, murdering this man. The powder is also revealed to be Gold Bond, which, if you know your CM Punk mm. called Cabana history, they are members of the Gold Bond Mafia. You don't know what that is? So, so yeah. Gold Bond is like um, 
Let's like look DPs? At DPs, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Ace Steel, CM Punk, Cole Cabana, and Adam Pearce, the Chicago boys, mm. are the Gold Bond Mafia. Okay. And they would put Gold Bond on their balls. Right. Because it made them tingle. Okay. Yeah. And that's pretty much that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fair so, enough. But it was a brotherhood. Okay. Yeah. I assume they did it all together at the same time. I did. Yeah, I assume so. I always thought they did it on my like, car rides. Yeah, that would make sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's entertaining. So keep yourself awake <laughs> yeah. for the long fine. journeys. Yeah. Um, I don't have much positive to say about this main event, but I will say the escalating comedy of two guys hit Knox because he was bald and thought he was Pierce. Then you don't really know why Knox did it. And then Jardy France can tell someone's on the floor in front of the turnbuckle, so I'll do a 450. That is one of the best structured jokes I've ever seen in wrestling ever because it got progressively more absurd. Oh man, so, I hated it. Oh, Sarah. But no, it was ridiculous. I, I hated it because I'm like, this is our main event. Yeah. And this is what it's reduced to. Like, but it's crap anyway. I know, but I just, I was like, come on. Because if you like, wanted a serious main event, you would have gotten more of, again, what I assume he thought was really cool to do. Adam Pierce doing the claw in this match. <laughs> I'd fucking rather not. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> Oh, I bet he's hard he was because you have to be like a lance archer you have to be a, someone of that size and intimidating stature not Adam Pierce putting the claw on Danny State who's bigger than him <laughs> like oh my god listen his hand probably stinks so like yeah. it's effective of his own shit yeah but or his, hand his balls uh, your man's wallet because you know, are you accusing Adam Pierce of robbing Steve Carino? Yeah. Um, so Vanderpile then, as the ringside enforcer, because I guess there's no other referees who could come out. Yeah. So Vanderpile takes off his jacket to reveal also a Deep South wrestling blue shirt, Dicky Bow referee attire. Oh, was, I thought he, it was just his shirt he was wearing. I thought, why did you take off his jacket and not reveal anything? I didn't even twig that that's probably what he was, yeah. Okay. yeah just God, that was, that was not clear at all. <laughs> so Vanderpile is the ref now. So he's now the ref and everyone's thinking, oh, there's going to be some shenanigans. But he's actually quite good for like the however long this thing went on for. There was one stage where Frankie chased Adam Pierce around the ring and like even Excalibur and Disco had given up on this day at this stage and they're like in a comical fashion like because it was, it was just missing Benny Hill music it was so overbooked it was stupid the worst thing like about this was that they did the trope where Baby Slim got eliminated Adam Pierce rolled him up holding the tights then Jerry France got eliminated Instantly, mm. Kazarian hit him with the wave of the future, and then they did a ten-minute match. Yeah. yeah, it's like no, we did not want to see that. Yeah, so it's Kazarian and Adam Pierce, which we don't want. We don't want to see anymore. Yeah. Hasn't been good to start with. Like yeah, like, I thought we were done like four shows ago yeah. with this, and it's still going on. I just think in my head, right? We're meant to believe that Pierce goes off to Vegas. After having, you know, all the scuffles and the you know the match that Kaz and Pierce had, these men are meant to hate each other. Like hate each other. They paid all this money to go attack Pierce in Vegas and, and hook up with his 
walk up as women and, <laughs> and like they're meant to believe all this and then they go and have this boring fucking match like this is meant to be your grudge match and this is what they put on oh I don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> well Adam Pearce agrees with you mm. because he does eventually go and get a chair and crack Kaz no hands up chair shot directly to the dome and then does the same to Vanderpile after he'd accuse him Oh, he, killed, he, he killed Vanderpile yeah. with that one. Yeah. And then he pile drives Kaz onto the chair and then goes into his little bag of tricks. And this was just, <laughs> oh my God. He is so lame. He is such a wannabe. Yeah. Like, so to complete the Jerry Lawler impression, he goes into his bag, gets out a little bit of paper bit of lighter fluid and throws a fireball at Kaz I hated it and the camera work is fucking terrible as well <laughs> I wanted to see Taro I didn't yeah commentary alludes to Kevin Lyon formerly known as Taro running in from the crowd as a paying <laughs> customer um, but we didn't actually get to see him and it took Pierce ages to set it up as well it was so awkward the Kaz is just watching him fiddle with his lighter trying to get it to work <laughs> after that Pierce rolls out gets the mic and challenges Kaz to a cage match on the next show we don't hear anything of what just steel cage yeah <laughs> steel cage <laughs> so we're gonna have to go through all this again on the next episode but I hope and I pray that this is it I don't care who wins. I don't care if nobody wins. I just want it done. I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked forward or anything. His nerdy obsession with the South tells me that Adam Pierce knows the cage has to be the end. They have to both gig and they're going to bleed all over each other and it's probably going to be fucking 40 minutes long but it'll probably be the end. <laughs> and um, the Midnight Rider's going to come out. Uh, if, if, if there was a tag team involved I would probably put money on it right now that they would do the cage door closing spot on Kaz at some point but there's not so we will, I won't put that bit down but well, Charlie Franz might be included <laughs> Charlie Franz he's, he's encouraging Frankie to come through the door oh no Charlie <laughs> oh my god Vanderpile might do the cage door spot oh no maybe I should put money on <laughs> I'm fascinated to find out I can see that happening so as just in case that lost and all that nonsense at the end, the, the finish was a DQ after all that messing. Well, yeah. fireball, come on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so that's the end of the main show. Afterwards, we have the traditional PWG promos. There were about 12 of them. <laughs> it went on for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Our first promo was Lil Cholo, Superbad, Human Tornado and Phoenix Star blaming their loss on Patrick Hernandez. This was the first time I've ever heard Lil Cholo speak, and that was not the voice I put to a man <laughs> with the name Lil Cholo. <laughs> Just the most Southern Californian. Hey man, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Where did uh, the wig come from? Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, turn Just wearing an afro wig. Yeah. Like, which was supposed to be right out, like seconds after they've lost their match. Um, so yeah they make Patrick Hernandez do push-ups and then walk away leaving him to do the push-ups they are then followed by sexual tension and aggression who say they'll take on any four men and as Disco is laying down the challenge Adam Pierce jumps on him 
and starts humping him and Chris Bosh in the most effeminate voice he could try and put on go why are you molesting him <laughs> and then Disco says it'll go to war if he has a bald baby <laughs> <laughs> After that, we get the Tomasellis, as uh, Sarah alluded to earlier. They mentioned that they were leaving California. It was kind of half a promo, but also kind of half seemed like a sincere, we had a nice time here and maybe we'll be back. It was all right. Um, I like that Vito said, we are gone now. That was the end. <laughs> but then Sal was like, well, we might be back in the future. So don't forget our names. We love wrestling you. We'll be back. I do I do love a good um, pro wrestling. You haven't heard The Last of Us when it's quite possibly the last time. I, I don't... Maybe they do come back, but I, I don't know too much about the Thomas Ellis. It always just reminds me, this is a very stupid reference. Do you remember the... TNA version of One Night Stands, the ECW comeback show they had. They had vignettes of people who weren't there, and they had the Pitbull who's still alive do a promo and said, Oh, I had a great time, ECW, blah, blah, blah. But before he drove away, he goes, This isn't the last you've heard of Pitbull, Gary, or whichever one he is. And I tell you what, that was definitely the last time. <laughs> <laughs> It's very much like I'll be back as he was not. He wasn't even at that show, let alone coming back. So maybe the Tomasellis will be back, but um, I always find it so funny. Do you mean he just didn't come back or he died? No, he's still alive. No, All he, right. Because his, his partner. That's what I thought it was no, 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 so no, 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 no. funny. Because at, at this stage, his partner had already. He was the one yeah. who was left, so he's still alive to this day. But... Uh, <laughs> I thought you were being extremely. No, 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 no. I no, thought no. it was hilarious. <laughs> Um, and then after that we were intermittently through all of these we were getting uh, just like brief shots of Chris Bosch asleep backstage they were my favourite parts they were pretty good yeah. <laughs> with time stamp yeah. the show was still going on whilst he yeah. was asleep yeah you can hear it in the background <laughs> Ariel Express had uh, a little pep talk backstage and boy Scorpio Sky has come a long way in the old promo departments this wasn't great and uh, Quicksilver said he wants to win the gorilla titles <laughs> he was terrible he was, he was so bad next it's Steve Carino he talks about how he was called in at midnight the night before and how he came in and you can tell he's a big nerd who watched tapes of every interview because he listed pretty much every single trope you say your first time in a place. He's like, PWG, it's the next big thing. It's the hottest thing. You always hear about their DVDs. Everyone wants to be here. I'm lucky enough. I've got to be here one time. CM Punk, he's one of the best in the world. He's one of the best. He was better than me tonight. He's better than me tonight. But I'm gonna, I want to take on the rest. I want to take on Super Dragon. I want to take on Joey Lost. Uh, Joey Lost. <laughs> Joey Lost. Joey Lost. He didn't even know the names. Um, Poor child. Yeah. <laughs> Funky Tommy Williams. <laughs> And he's like, don't worry though, this isn't the last you'll seen, you've seen of me. I'll be back, I'll be back. Uh, I can't wait to be back here. The hottest promotion in America. And then he goes, the worst line that everyone adds. And Adam Pierce shined that belt for me. <laughs> it was every single babyface trophy. Jordy, to pick if you up. watch Jordy Franz get a fucking shot at the title, he has every right. <laughs> yeah. He will ascend that cage. <laughs> So is that the last we see him, is it? Yeah. I don't know, is it? Yeah, yeah okay. I'm yeah. almost positive he's never asked back. The, no one like The fans didn't yeah. like no one would have no. would like him back. The only yeah, the only thing I thought of that he could have been in was the Kurt Russell reunion. Um uh, maybe. 
I'm Battle Royal. Oh, no, I'm Royal. sure he was. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the only yeah. thing I could have thought of. The one of that like, Funk was in yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, probably. So this isn't the last we see of Carino because he's <laughs> in the next, <laughs> the next little extra. So I think uh, this is quite a well-known one. I think people would see it on YouTube. So it's Carino and Punk uh, eating bananas. Um, and they were joined by Dino doing a really good Loki impression. His voice is just spot on. And the mannerisms. And the mannerisms, really good. And this is where Punk makes reference to you people and then says, I didn't mean you people. Loki gets angry. And then he talks about having heat with Dragon, which I think goes into what I was saying before, that this seems to have been an ongoing thing. Um, So I do feel that this is very much an inside joke. Because he, he does say he has heat with Dragon because he won't book him. Yeah, so. and then he starts crying. And that's how I believe Loki cries. And I don't know if it's because I've seen <laughs> this promo, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's how Loki cries. Consoled by Steve Carino. Yes. Someone threw a can at him at one point. I want to know who threw the can. Because he's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that was pretty good. That was very, that good. Was very good. Who would that have been? It's probably just like Joey or Scott in the Yeah, they were just yeah. in the lock. This this had total dudes fucking around with the camera in the locker room after the show energy, like. So then I think we get to see Chris Bosch passed out again. Um, and then we have Scott Lost and Joey. I don't know what to say about this except they call Billy Kim Tommy and I didn't <laughs> like it. It was very weird. I hated this. Yeah. It was it shocking. Was and you know that I'm being truthful here because Scott lost love you and everything but my god you were shite <laughs> like you know Joey I helped my friend and what you did to me that night afterwards that was like retribution it's like what you're talking shite man yeah. he won the belts he was giving me the belts like you went to therapy <laughs> don't be holding grudges man after that Excalibur cut the funniest promo uh, I think so far in the in the shows that we've covered. They cut to him and Super Dragon sort of late, uh, sort of sitting down at like an abandoned wedding banquet. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah? Because it was on the last show as well. Like but these two, were, yeah. and and we've got lost in the next promo. Yeah, like what a hotel function room. I suppose the Elks Lodge yeah, probably yeah, had a ballroom. Yeah. And he's just, he's comically angry. He's so he's, good though. Ah, you fucking expectation. <laughs> Joey Ryan. Joey fucking Joey Ryan. fucking Ryan. With your fat ass. Your fucking fat ass. No wonder I couldn't kick out with your fat ass on top of me. You're, you rolled me the fuck up. Oh, oh yeah, his knee was fucked. Yeah, because yeah. Joey's fat ass. He is fucked. Oh, he gave it his all. It was great. Yeah. It was so like, And Dragon just sitting there, of course. Obviously, you don't want to see under the mask, but I'd love to have seen Dragon's face. <laughs> he had to have tried so hard to hold it together. Oh. Your fat ass landed on my knee and now I can't walk. But he obviously was still hurting because on commentary, he mentions it during the match that like yeah. Joey fucked up my knee really bad, can't fucking walk. Like he... Yeah, because it wasn't a, a spot. No. He just landed on his knee. Yeah. I think, while it was comical, I think that was him actually being really yeah. angry with Joey. That's so good. You're a fat fucking ass. 
So then we cut to Chris Bosch for the final time, who wakes up and says, Jupiter is the biggest planet on Earth. <laughs> and finally, we get Scott lost by himself. Explaining his actions further, he quotes Spaceballs, uh, one of his favourite movies apparently. He says, evil will always defeat good because good is dumb. And his reasoning is that he always gets blamed whenever X-Foundation lose. The crowd don't chant for him. They always chant for Joey. And the idea of defending the belts with Joey disgusts him. Fair enough. I was he, he got me back on side with that one. <laughs> yeah. His reasoning was alright. Logic yeah. was okay, yeah. yeah. His delivery was questionable, but... But yeah. it is... But because it is kind of... Yeah, no, his delivery is bad. But he's a really good wrestler. Mm. And he... The crowd was never behind him. And that's it for the post-show interviews. A lot of them. Too many. Yeah. At one point when I was watching this show, it, it was actually in the middle of the tag match. I paused it because I had to go do something. And I was like, why is there only like an hour and a half gone? I got really upset and confused as to why I thought mm. we were near the end. And there's too, yeah, there's too many of them now. Oh, I, I shared that anxiety when I started the main event in those 40 minutes and I was like oh fuck this this match these four people mm. <laughs> like you did not need their express one mm. you did not need the first one yeah uh, but I think this goes back into what I was saying This they were gunning for DVD extras this is what we're going to do let's fill it up yeah that's true actually and you probably didn't have to sit and watch them all straight after the show like we did yes and I think it makes sense because so they're going for this global audience who don't know anything about these guys maybe who don't know about the story and who aren't keeping up with it so they are waiting months after so it is I suppose good for them to keep up with storylines so that wraps up this show thoughts one of the better ones so far I'd say top top half life that the not so great matches were kept brief but then the main event drags the average down I would say I didn't really like the show overall because I expect better from the world title scene I think at this point I'm just sick of it and I actually dread as we move through the card getting to the main events now um, but I'm looking forward to what the future holds for X Foundation and where, yeah, where they're going to go from here I like the first half I love the opener the short matches and the tag tag match. I'm excited. Yeah, it's excited about the title, the tag title scene, which is more than I can say for the the rest of it. But yeah, it was grand. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the tag title stuff as well, and the world championship, whatever that's going to the cage match. A lot of people are directionless right now, so I'm curious to see where guys like Puma and that end up. Baby Slim, what's next? Apollo Khan, what's next? I assume neither are long for this, this world, but I don't know, we'll wait and see. But now we'll move on to Curious Gorilla. Our first question comes from Rickety Zubat. Sal or Vito? I don't know who's who, <laughs> but I will say Vito because it makes me think of Big Vito. And I just think it's a nice name. Um, I'm going to go with Sal because now I also didn't know which was which but it was only when Zig was saying that Sal was or Vito was ready to say goodbye but Sal was saying oh no so I'm going to go with Sal because he's looking out for their future <laughs> that was going to be my answer <laughs> I'm going to say Sal just because I think it's a funnier name 
Next question is from Snowboy and it is biggest gowl on the PWG roster, both in kayfabe and shoot. Now, for all our non-Irish listeners, a gowl <laughs> is quite hard to describe. I would say like a douchebag. Barry, let's start with you. Okay. Um, I think for both shoot and kayfabe, I think I'll go for a, a bit of an obvious one. I would have to say Adam Pierce. You know, kayfabe, obviously, he's the top heel. Shoot, and one thing I forgot to mention during that match, boy, he says a lot of slurs and calling people F-words in the crowd and things like that that I don't appreciate. Um, so I think that would have to go there. I, I imagine he's probably not much crack to be around in, in general, so I'll, I'll go with the, the, the top heel. I guess he's actually just a great heel, guys, because he works me. It's a little thing called heat. Maybe I should learn about it, you know. Now, this is who I think is a girl that they wreck my head. Joey Ryan. Uh huh. Mm. Um, but I'm thinking of like current Joey Ryan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you see him post stuff now. Like, oh, you fucking girl. <laughs> you know, yeah. like all the stuff that happened around New Year's Eve with the dick spots and you know all of it, that sort of thing. Just like you're, no, you're just, yeah, just a girl. And currently being a girl right now, maybe you could say. Mm-hmm. Well, he was mm-hmm. to Funky Billy Kim, telling him to fuck off, which my heart. That's what happened. Like Billy Kim, <laughs> he was told to fuck off, and he went to God. New name. I'd have to echo Barry's sentiments that Adam Pierce is the biggest gal in kayfabe. I'd imagine the biggest gal backstage is probably CM Punk. <laughs> um, like when. Excalibur said that they got on. I was shocked at that, and I'd say Emma is correct that Super Dragon and CM Punk don't get on. Mine was CM Punk. I think she is a shoot gal. I think right now, especially in modern times, like, and I was a huge CM Punk fan, but I cannot stand him as a person today. And I think in kayfabe at this time, he was a gal, and so was Karina. So that's there were gals were putting on that match. They were. That was a gal of a match. So our next question comes from Hannah Pearson and she asks top three wrestlers you would put in Love Island and we're going to have to use the PWG roster here. Okay. Oh wow. From this show Joey Ryan I think would be top gun because he's so he'd be so cocky. Now I don't know if he's as cocky then as he is now where he just wants to talk about his dick and you know how great he is at sex and whatever. Um, CM Punk, I think, would be amazing because it would be so out of his comfort zone. He's used to, like, women paying him attention, but in this context, they would have absolutely no time for him. And I think he would have a huge... He'd have huge anger issues. Um, And I think he wouldn't get on with any of the other men. So that would be amazing. And number three... Tower. Mm. I think Tower would be so entertaining. He'd be the funny guy. Um, he'd also be really horny. And, <laughs> and the humping pillows. I think my first name would be Disco. Um, I'd love to see him as the old man. And a single in there, man. An old single man in there trying to hit on the younger ladies. Um, <laughs> I think next, Hardcore Kid. Ooh. I think he'd, he'd do well With in that, that sort of environment. Well. Yeah, yeah. And then for representation, uh, Valentina. Wow. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 
Yeah. Very good. Thank you. I would have to echo Punk and Talware. I feel like Talware would do very bad and get very annoyed at how bad <laughs> he's doing. So I think that would be great. And also just because I think he wouldn't be very good and I would probably en- I would probably enjoy watching in a in a kind of rubbernecking can't take your eyes off it way, I'd probably put Kazarian in there. I think he would be horrendous. <laughs> Does not have the charisma at all to pull it off. Like he would probably go fairly early. Um but I would that would those would be my three See, I'm, think, I'm thinking of reality TV tropes and he would be he'd be terrible imagine know. Kaz's exit interview it would be <laughs> tremendous he would give the this isn't the last you've heard of me women <laughs> the best thing about Love Island is they all dress them all in the like boohoo misguided that like yeah. those sort of clothes so that so Kazarian in like the three quarter like yes. the no socks and the loafers and the patterned shirt oh man do they do headphones I'm sure he could steal the girls he could the one, okay. <laughs> how about you Sarah so I would put Chris Bosch oh, in the violence the photogenic one because I think he would try and fail to and all the girls and he needs time so send him on a nice holiday and I've been giggling away to myself while you're all giving your answers of the thoughts of Super Dragon. <laughs> Just like not talking to anyone, but all the girls picking Super Dragon. <laughs> because he's just this stoic character. They're like, oh my god. Um, and then the last one. Oh, I didn't think of a third. Maybe. Can, can I just go back before you? Yeah. Is there um, a diary room situation? Yeah. I've never seen yeah, Love yeah, yeah. So, Like, imagine him just sitting there for like five minutes, just staring at the camera, <laughs> yeah. and never sat, and then just yeah. gets up and leaves. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you love to set Excalibur then? And what I suppose? This is translation. <laughs> this is translation, but he's not an actual participant. Um, I think Humor Trado should go in. Yeah, I think mm, he'd yeah. get the ladies. Yeah. He'd, he'd be a hit. I have one bonus one to cheating a bit but Brian Danielson oh. <laughs> he'd hate it so much yeah. but remember those NXT vignettes with him and Ethan Carter what he was back then EC3 EC3 oh yes incredible and with the Bella Twins was, they were absolutely amazing yeah. and yeah. to have that I think that's a really good series that we've just put together yeah. I would yeah. watch the shit out of that yeah. okay so another question from Hannah you can only watch one wrestling promotion forever. Who do you pick? All right, I'll be really obvious, and I will pick PWG, just because I think they have an eclectic enough cycle of people, and you constantly get a flavor for what's going on at that time if you watch them. So I'll, I'll pick PWG. I feel like I have watched PWG forever. So if I had to choose, I think... <laughs> I don't think there'd be enough there for me, because I don't really rate modern PWG no so I would say New Japan because there's just so much yeah New Japan for me I don't think anything comes close um, if, I, if, if someone was like took New Japan away from me I probably would just stop watching wrestling altogether so I'd probably actually say OTT because mm. I wouldn't give up going to the shows mm. over okay. watching it yeah. so even though it's less yeah. that would mean more to me than not seeing or not being able to go to the shows again I get you yeah uh, third question here from Hannah she says what Japanese match would you recommend to a person who has never watched any and why that match so I was going to say Ushibo oh, yeah. Kamen against Ebisan because it is hilarious we saw these two guys in PWG before putting on an absolute classic 
and it's something very different. Mine would be the um, six-man tag, the Dragon Gate six-man for Ring of Honor on Supercard of Honor. Can I name them all? Maybe. <laughs> no. So I'll just, I'll just stick with that. I can't remember who's on whose team, but Naruki Dai, Masato Yoshina, Shima, Genki Horaguchi, Ryo Saito, and Dragon Kid. Yeah, that's okay. So that uh, match. <laughs> um, Mine would be Kenta Kobashi against Kensuke Sasaki from 2005 Noah. It's what made me fall in love with Japanese wrestling. It was on the wrestling channel over here. And it's just a match where they chop the ever-loving shit out of each other for 20 minutes. And it's brilliant. I would probably pick Shibata versus Okada. The final Shibata match. Just because it's, it's like Shibata is just... He's... So it's fitting that it is that match. It's just he's so Shibata in that match. It's everything you'd want out of him in that match. Just no nonsense, hard hitting. Uh, and Okada, you know, he's, he's still larger than life, top guy, charisma comes across. Uh, just incredible match. And I think it would convey everything you'd want to convey. Certainly about modern New Japan, I think it conveys all that in one match. Another question from Hannah What are your guys' wrestling pet peeve? <laughs> There's so many to choose from. I feel like, like it's so many growing. things. Yeah. I, I, the last year, I have felt like a proper old man. I'm you, not quite, you in particular have. I, I, I'm not quite tagging Jim Cornette on Twitter yet, but God, I'm actually getting there. Uh, I could go on a, uh, overlong matches. Uh, I am getting bored of the pie slapping. I used to protest when people complained about non-stop super kicking, but now that bothers me. Yeah, it's just, I don't know if it's just the accessibility of modern wrestling means I've seen too much now and I see those tropes too much, but uh, I want shorter matches. I do want, I love your PWG, heyday of PWG, crazy athleticism, push the boundaries match, but I feel like more and more the older I get, I need at least something towards the direction of I'm trying to win a fight on some level. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be Tim Thatcher but I need something at least approximating a desire to win an actual confrontation in a match, and that's missing a lot these days. Mine now is ref bumps. I'm absolutely yeah. sick of them. It feels like in every promotion, in every title match, there has to be one, like, like even New Japan, mm-hmm. in their, it was their intercontinental title match, but they still have the ref bumps. OTT do them, Rev Pro do them, Evolve do them. Absolutely every promotion does them now. I'm, I'm absolutely sick of them. Like, they take me out of matches now. Yeah, I think my biggest one is just overbooking of matches when there's no reason for there to be. The melodramatics, like, I don't actually really like NXT, modern NXT main events now because I hate just the, the tropes and the, the dramas that go on. I'm like, I'm not invested in this at all. Um, I miss the days of NXT where there was actual stories and not just people like staring into space and just being like, oh, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. What about you, Emma? Um, I think mine is the length of matches. It's pacing and timing of matches. Uh, I think there is an idea now and it may have been, it's, it's always been an idea that to have a good match, it has to be 20, 25 minutes long. And no, I don't think so. It's not even that, it's be 40 now. Yeah. Like, it's so, gone to an extreme. Like, there are some 40-minute matches that are incredible, and it doesn't feel like 40 minutes. But I think with European matches especially, there are ones that are going on too long, and it's too much. Yeah, so that's, there's that, and then there's ladder spots. I think they're mm-hmm. when you're climbing up the ladder, and you stop. And you could have just grabbed the fucking title, but you stop, you do a dive, or you decide to have a little nap halfway up, 
I cannot stand it. It takes me out of the match. I used to love ladder matches. The worst one is when you... Oh, he has a fear of heights all of a sudden. <laughs> How did that one well, happen? I can see that happening. But like, come on, you're up on a big stage anyway. Like, oh, I don't know. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for those questions, Hannah. Those were great. A bit out of the PWG realm, which was sort of nice. Which I like it, yeah. Because I'm sure you're sick of it. So that about wraps us up for today and this month and we'll be back next month to cover reason for the season if you'd like to get in touch our twitter is at gorilla island our email is gorilla island at gmail.com my own twitter is at zig on the rocks you can find emma on at o underscore mg barry at the barry lad and sarah at sarah flan so we will catch you next time Bye. Bye.